Hey, everybody. Good morning. This is Heidi St. John. You have found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Monday, September 25th, and I've got some headlines to talk about today. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So first of all, couple things going on in the news that I think are definitely worth mentioning. The first, obviously, a tragic shooting in Tennessee that happened yesterday. Uh, there are there simply are no words uh, to, dis- to describe what's happening in our nation right now. And it certainly is reason for us to be in prayer and to be doing quite a bit of self-reflection. I've seen a lot of things going around the internet today uh, from various friends on differing sides of the the table when it comes to uh, all of the NFL players who've decided not to stand for the national anthem. You guys knew I was going to say this, but uh, first of all, you, you you stand for the national anthem out of respect for our nation and out of respect for the men and women who have died to preserve the freedom that you apparently aren't that thankful for. And secondly, I want to be really careful again. I'm going to just encourage you, those of you who are frustrated on both sides of this issue, not to get hung up in the snare of offense. There are so many things going on around us that are worthy of talking about and worthy of our time and that need to be discussed. But we have to be careful not to be offended. Uh, there's something that that has been um, brewing in the news now for a long time. This is normally I do uh, Mailroom Monday. And today I'm really struggling with a cold. Some of you saw my uh, my Instagram story yesterday, just begging for help. So for everyone who said, swallow an entire clove of garlic and drink your thieves and rub mentholatum on your feet and stand on your head and rub your belly and sing a funny song, thank you. I've done it all. <laughs> I've done it all. And my voice is back just long enough to do this podcast. And I also will be doing a Facebook Live at 10 a.m. Pacific time today and then skipping right on over to the Chris Fabry show where I'll be joining him live today at noon Pacific. So stick around for that. Lots of stuff going on uh, today. But I want to tackle something Rather than uh, than uh, answering your emails today, I wanted to talk about something that is happening right now in the public school system that I think is worth talking about. On September 20th, so just a couple of days ago, it was reported that a California school has approved transgender books for kindergartners and then disallowed parents to remove their children from that class. So I'm going to just read to you a little bit of an article. I mean, there are lots of articles about this, but this one I think hit the nail on the head uh, over at redstate.com. It said the school board of Northern California's Rockland Academy Gateway voted unanimously to keep a policy that allows books that promote transgenderism to be read to children as young as five, but added a policy that they would warn parents before they did. Sounds legit, right? I mean, we've been having, we've been uh, giving parents warnings for a long time. This was certainly the case when I was in school. Whenever a sex ed was happening, parents got notified. And if the parent wanted to pull their kid from school and do sex education at home, they were welcome to do that. But listen to what the article goes on to say. Despite notifying the parents, however, the school board denied a proposal to give parents the right to pull their children out of classes that would teach the children pro-transgender education, essentially making the notification rule useless. 
The controversial vote came after a kindergarten teacher read I Am Jazz, a book about a transgender child's transition to the opposite sex, and then allegedly held something of a transition ceremony where the young boy went into a bathroom and then reemerged dressed in girls' clothing. The teacher identified the boy as a girl with a girl's name. The event shocked and disturbed some of the children, many of whom went home crying that they were going to turn into the opposite sex. According to the teacher, gender transition did not fall under the auspices of sex education. I just, have we lost our ever-loving minds here? Gender transition doesn't fall under the auspices of sex education. Maybe because we don't believe that there are two sexes anymore. I don't know. Anyway, this is just, this is, this is the kind of stuff that, that uh, we need to be talking about, all right? And therefore, the parents didn't have to be notified that the show would be taking place. Rockland Academy has allowed the teaching of controversial material outside of the curriculum so long as they tell the parents they're going to do it first. But the parents can't do anything about it, as they won't be allowed to remove their child from the classroom as it's happening. This essentially gives a teacher free reign to urge the kids to support whatever that teacher believes and put on lessons and demonstrations that, that, that some would find questionable, much like the transition ceremony that allegedly took place. So I'm going to stop right there. The article goes on to say how frustrating this is, uh, that that this that the, the possibilities for forcing transgenderism on students is wide open now. And if that's the case, uh, parents should take this inability to interfere in their own children's education to the highest court they can. I'm all for it. Go ahead. Take, definitely, we should be taking this thing to the highest court in the land. But I want to take issue with this idea that the article asserts that parents... Uh, don't have an ability to interfere in their own children's education because nothing could be further from the truth. Is it true that that the school is saying you can't take your child out of the class? Yes, it's true. Is it true that you can't take your child out of the class? No, it's not true. It's not true. You can do something about it. You can withdraw your kids from school. You can take your children out of the classroom. You can stand up and say, oh, sorry, my child's not going to be in that classroom. And if they say, well, then your child isn't going isn't going to pass this particular class or this particular grade, then so be it. Because what we're talking about here is an interference in parental roles and responsibilities at the highest level. There is no such thing, parents, There is no such thing as a neutral education. Everything that is taught in school, I don't care if you're in a Christian school or a a parochial school, everything that is taught in school, because teachers have points of view, everything has a point of view to it. There is no such thing as a neutral education. And so if they're indoctrinating your children with something that you don't want your children to learn, all you have to do is refuse to send your kid there. Homeschool them, put them in private school. There are plenty of options. But I think we parents need to start taking a stand uh, against this kind of infringement on parental rights. A school has absolutely no authority to say to your child or to that or to that child's parent, we're sorry, we're going to teach your children that there are 22 genders and that gender is actually fluid and there's nothing you can do about it. It just isn't true at all. And we need to not start believing that this true that this is true. So for the article to assert that you can't do anything about it just isn't right. You can remove your child from the classroom. And you need to remove your child from the classroom. The school has absolutely no say on this. So what's the district going to do? Are they going to hold your kid in the classroom uh, by force? No, 
So I want you to be thinking about what your role is as a parent or as a grandparent, and then be sure that you know what is going on where your children are going to school. This is a serious deal. It's serious to me that the Rockland Academy uh, would be so bold as to tell parents, we totally get that you don't like this, but this is the way it is. And oh, by the way, you can't take your kids out of the class. We're going to do it anyway. That's unheard of. That was unheard of even with regular sex education. And this is insane sex education. So we need to be uh, talking about this as parents and parents. It's time to start standing up for your children. This is tantamount to child abuse, to subject them to information that it confuses and scares them and isn't even legitimate in the name of what? I don't even know what. I have, I got nothing. I don't even, I got nothing. So I was thinking about, uh, about the subject today and it just, obviously it, it has my, uh, it just has me just, uh, just makes me so mad because I'm a mother of seven and three of my children are grown and four of them are still in our home and nobody better go up to me and tell me that I have anything less than 100% authority to teach my children about what I believe is right and wrong. It's an absolute affront to parents that this is happening in the culture in which we live. The truth is that your children are going to believe first what you teach them. And second, in the absence of you teaching them, they're going to believe what their teacher teaches them. That's why the Bible says in uh, in Luke that when a student is fully trained, he'll be like his teacher. This is so important, parents. It's so important for you to be listening and involved and understanding what your children are being taught. I'm gonna read to you a little bit about uh, this from uh, my new book, Becoming Momstrong. Because in chapter 13, which is entitled, uh, the chapter rather is entitled Sex, Lies, and Motherhood, I tackle the issue a little bit of uh, how important it is that we tell our children the truth about who they are, because our children's first view of themselves is going to come from how they see us treat each other and about how we talk to them on issues that are important. So I, I wrote, I still remember the graceful way my mom played the piano in a sunlit corner of our family room. At the age of seven, I saw my mother as the most beautiful woman in the world. From my earliest memories, her beauty captivated me. From her sparkling eyes to the feminine curves of her fingers, I wanted to be just like her. As I grew into a young woman and the fault lines in my parents' marriage became more obvious, I began to notice that she didn't see herself the way I saw her. She saw herself reflected in the eyes of her husband. One day I heard my father chastise mom as she prepared to leave the house, I can't remember the context of the conversation, but I do remember that he made her cry. As he stood in the entryway of our house, wiping off her makeup with, her, with his handkerchief, he said, makeup is for those women. As time passed, she carried herself a little less tall. So did I. It was a lie, of course, this idea that makeup or one man's opinion could determine my mother's true worth. Nevertheless, I saw her differently after that day. Until that moment, I hadn't noticed she was wearing any makeup at all. But after that incident, I noticed everyone's makeup, the way pregnant women notice other pregnant women. I wondered what those women did that made my mother less beautiful in the eyes of my father. Whatever it was, my mind was made up. If there was a standard, I wanted to meet it. I wanted to be beautiful too. You see, a children's first lessons about their bodies, everything from their appearance to what God says about human sexuality, come from their parents. And just as I was watching my parents, our children are watching us. The messages we send them early in life will have a deep, 
long-lasting impact on how they will see themselves as adults. So where do we start? How do we pass on a godly perspective of sexuality and beauty to our children? As in every other area of life, we start at the starting place, the Bible. We dare not trust human wisdom where these tender topics are concerned. We need to rely on the wisdom of God. In 2 Peter 1, verse 3, the apostle reminds us that we have everything we need. By his divine power, we can understand God's standard for living a godly life. He isn't silent on the issue of appearance and human sexuality. In fact, he has a lot to say about it. And like any good father, he knows and loves us. We need to teach our children that their worth comes from God, and we can't do that unless we believe it too. So mom and dad, I'm going to encourage you today, like I always do, stand up for your children. When the culture says stand down, stand up. It's a popular topic today. It's, it's popular in, certainly in, in the culture. It's popular in the, uh, in the school systems to view the Bible as old-fashioned and out of date. Uh, but I want to just encourage you, it is life-giving when you follow what God says. It's life-giving. The battle for the hearts and minds of our kids is raging around us, and that's why we need to adopt a wartime mentality. We are literally at war. Real war, real enemy. And to win, we must hold everything up to the light of God's word and engage the culture with grace and truth. And thank heaven that we have an instruction manual for this for this battle, and it's the Bible. It's the Bible. And mom and dad, God has given you everything that you need to parent your children in a way that's going to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of their word. The California school system does not have the last say where your children are concerned, particularly when we are talking about issues of human sexuality that God addresses directly in his word. I know some of you are scared, and I know that there's a lot of you listening to me who are just like, Ooh, that's just not me. I don't take stands like that. I would, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to cause a problem. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Listen, we, we've been doing this for so long in this country. We're so afraid of hurting other people's feelings that we've sacrificed, literally sacrificed truth on the altar of a misguided mercy, and an entire generation is now hanging in the balance. We want to teach our children where truth comes from, and we need to be able to let our children see that we care about them enough to take a stand for them. Do we care about them enough to take a stand for them? Things are getting pretty scary out there for people who hold to the values that God holds. But then again, that's exactly what Jesus said that they would do. So I want you just to be praying about, uh, about well, first of all, pray about what's going on in our country. Oh my goodness. And someone told me the other day that it doesn't, you know, this kind of stuff is happening because the majority of parents just don't care. I disagree. I think parents care and they don't know what to do. And I just want to encourage you, this is this this these issues, these things that are happening are too important for you just to sit still and just let it happen. So come before the Lord of heaven's armies. You can do that. This is the whole reason why I wrote Becoming Mom Strong, to come before a generation of parents with a message that says, your children have been given to you for such a time as this. Right children, right time. You are the parents that God chose to shepherd these children through this time. And they're learning how we feel about uh, about the word of God. Either it's Either it's true or it isn't. So we need to be involved and engaged in the lives of our kids. Don't run away. 
Don't run away because God is going to give you everything you need for the battle that you're facing. I have a whole bunch of emails from you uh, that I am looking forward to addressing. I will get back to them next week. I want to encourage you as I am and my husband and our family are doing, be in prayer for those uh, people who were shot uh, yesterday in, uh, in Tennessee. So many things going on right now in the country that we need to be praying about. We need to be praying about racial reconciliation. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day, and I got to go because I'm, I'm out of time, but we were praying about this uh, the other day with our children, and I got to thinking of all the things that we are, that we are allowing ourselves. It's, it's heartbreaking that we are allowing ourselves to turn, we're allowing the enemy to turn us against each other. Something's going on. And we need to be walking with the Lord. Speaking of walking with the Lord, I don't know how many of you have been doing my scripture writing challenge, but we're coming to the end of the month of September when I've been talking about becoming. And I want to just encourage you, if you haven't started yet, or even if you have and you've missed a few days or whatever, get in there because it's awesome what God is doing through just reading his word. If you have not yet started the scripture writing challenge, but you want to, but you're just one of those people that, you know, you're so type A that you just can't jump in halfway. I'm going to encourage you, uh, starting the 1st of October, a brand spanking new one's going to be up there. And we are going to be talking a whole lot about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And it means basically, once we are disciples, it changes every aspect of our life. Every single aspect of our life becomes different when we live our lives in light of eternity. 2 Corinthians 4 verses 16 through 17 says, do not lose heart for our light affliction which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. That's the promise that we have from the word of God. So don't give up. Don't give up. For those of you who are uh, coming out to see me, I will be in October for the MomStrong Conference in Charlotte. Woot, woot. I'm coming your way, Charlotte, North Carolina, October 6th and 7th. If you guys haven't gotten your tickets yet, please get your tickets. Oh my goodness. Invite your friends. Come on out. It will be a life-changing weekend, October 6th and 7th. We basically will start Friday evening and we'll go from about nine o'clock in the morning to three in the afternoon or somewhere in there on Saturday. Uh, Worship, we're going to be into the word. We're going to be talking about our children, what's going on in the culture and what it means to be mom strong. So come on out October 6th and 7th. After that, I'll be in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, for the MomStrong Conference. Um, I'm actually doing Fearless there. So if you are in the Tulsa area, come on out. And then the next weekend after that, bam, right after that, on the 3rd and 4th of November, I will be in one of my favorite places in the whole world, Kansas City, uh, Kansas City, Missouri, bringing the MomStrong Conference to women in that area. So get your tickets. I will link back to those in the show notes today. I will be praying. I, we have so much to be in prayer about. I could go on and on. Uh, today. But I want to just encourage you to take a stand for your children. Your children are worth every ounce of energy that you put into them. If you haven't yet picked up Becoming MomStrong, it is available now at bookstores everywhere. And from what I am seeing, a lot of the major retailers are putting it on major sale, which is really awesome. Uh, So check it out at Amazon, uh, Books A Million, Barnes Noble, wherever books are sold. Uh, I've even heard that Target is carrying the book online. So check it out and uh, purchase Becoming MomStrong. 
grab a Bible study companion and dig into the Word with me. I will be doing a, a live Bible study group starting the second week in October on my Facebook page. Join me in becoming mom strong this fall. I am excited to see what God will do as we begin a movement of mothers back to the authority of the Word of God. Thanks for listening, and everybody. I hope to see you back here on Wednesday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com. Thank you.